Um, but anyway, this is our gratitude and appreciation for all that y'all do. Um, I know you're young into it, new into it as far as the head. Um, and, you know, there's a lot of things going on and a lot of questions, uh, a lot of pressures that you um, probably feel now that you didn't feel now. And probably some of the stuff you understand more so with uh, your father and all the things that he had to deal with. But that's just a token of us, and I hope y'all can enjoy it. And, and when you read the card, I want you to... Did you pick this out? No, I didn't pick the card out, but there's some writing in it. There's some writing in it. Uh, so Jenny's going to put you on the spot. I give her the money. Don't give him that. I'm going to stand. I, I'm going to stand over here. Do I need the microphone to read this? Yeah. All right. First of all, thank you all so much. I've said numerous times, and I'll say it again. I understand why Daddy said that this was the easiest place he's ever pastored, and it's all because of y'all, I promise, because there's, it's, it's, it's great. People ask me all the time, how you like it? I said, man, it's wonderful. Couldn't imagine doing anything else, and it's you that make this so easy, I promise. There's not a lot of problems, so don't cause any. There's not a lot of bickering and fighting going on, so no, there's, there's nothing like that, and I do, I do appreciate it. But card says... Thanks for all you do, helping out when you're needed, going the extra mile, always being thoughtful, giving support, showing how much you care. I see what it says already. Hope you have a wonderful vacation. And it says, roll tide. Your appreciation, you're appreciated more than you know. Love your church, fam. I can't, I can't read that. It does. It says go Vols. Guess what? I actually, Cole told me this morning, he said, I can't believe you, you're still breathing. You didn't have a heart attack. It wasn't that bad. I was calm. I couldn't show out. I was in public at the UNA Jacksonville State game at the Trash Bandit Stadium, so I couldn't show out too bad. I wasn't by myself, but no, it's, thank y'all. Thank y'all so much. I do appreciate it. Yeah. No. You got anything you want to say? No. <laughs> Can I make one announcement that I forgot to? This uh, I forgot to tell you. No, it's it's not. So, this is a praise report. This is not about me, but Wednesday night, um, trending after class, and I'm gonna brag. I'm gonna call you out, trending. All right. This is great. This is not a thing to be bashful of or anything. He come up. After class, um, Elizabeth said, hey, Trendon wants to, well, he's got to tell you something. And the first thing that come in my mind, and Trendon's not a bad child by no means, but he is 12, years, 12 right, or 11. He is an 11-year-old boy, and we all know how 11-year-old boys could be. And I was like, what did he do? But, but he didn't do nothing. He said, I think, I think I want to try to get saved. I was like, you want to try to? You want to get saved? He said, I want to. I want to. I said, right. so we come up here to the front, sit down and talked and, he said that he believed Jesus um, was who he said he was. He come in here and, and lived the born a virgin birth, lived a sinless life, died on the cross and rose again to save us from our sins. And we went through it and he understood everything and we prayed and he made Jesus Lord of his life Wednesday night sitting here. Amen. Yeah. And so, you know, that's the fourth, fifth, sixth, something young 
young person that we've had saved just in the past few months. And it's awesome because, you know, children's hearts are innocent for the most part. This world makes them corrupt. We make them corrupt. But get Jesus in there, and us adults do, and, and be submissive to that just as they are. Mm. We could change this world, and that's what, that's what Jesus wants us to do. It's what he's called us to do. But we're going to set up and um, make sure that family and everybody can be here and get a time for Trinity to get baptized. So he said he wanted to do that. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. But that was my announcement that I wanted to make. I didn't want to go without saying that this morning. But thank you all again for everything. I do appreciate it. I don't know why he didn't just keep the mic. Uh, no, no, go say him. Nope, go, go ahead, go ahead, say it. Um, no, uh, now uh, we get to the time to where uh, we get to give back to God, right? I mean, that's what it's all about. I mean, we come to the house of God, and we, we come with uh, sometimes heavy hearts. We come with, uh, you know, requests. We come with, uh, you know, different needs and and different things that needs to happen, and that's all correct in what we're doing. Uh, but we also come to the house of God, one, out of obedience. And that's one way we can all honor God, right? Yeah. I mean, this is probably the simplest thing in life that we can ever do is, is show up at God's house. Um, one, out of obedience, but not doing it begrudgingly. Uh, two, when we show up at God's house and we're being obedient, um, you know, it sets the tone for us to be uh, have a given heart. And that's what we're fixing to do now is we're, we're fixing to, uh, to come together and give our offerings to God. So how many in here can say that God's not done anything for us? I can't say it. I mean, he's pulled me out of a lot. Um, and I know personally from, from looking out, and of course it's a small community, and I know uh, several people here that he's done a lot for y'all as well. But this is just a time that we can come together and give back to God, right? I mean, and that's out of obedience, but it's also out of love. I mean, do you not give to one another? Whether it's your heart, whether it's your mind, whether it's your, your physical abilities, whether it's, uh, uh, you know, caring or, or correcting or, or loving one another or finances as well. But that's just part of what God's called us to do. So now as we come together, just I want you to repair uh, your heart to give back to God. Not to do it begrudgingly, not to, to do it out of, out of, you know, necessity, but to do it because you want to do it. So whatever it is this morning, don't be ashamed, um, nor do you need to be proud uh, necessarily, but, but give as your heart desires to give. Whether it's one penny or one dollar, or whether it's your heart, whether it's your mind, whether it's your soul that you surrender to God. But take this time this morning when we pray to remember that, that why you're doing it, to remember why you, why you want to do it. So again, I'll go ahead and I'll pray and uh, we'll, go, we'll go from there. Father, we just thank you for this day. Father, we thank you for this time, Father. Father, I thank you that I can come before you, and I thank you that we can come before you as, as a congregation, as, as a church, Father, as part of the body of Christ, Father, and that we can give whatever we give, Father, that, that it, it is given to you uh, 
without um, um, hindrance, Father, that it's given you uh, solely from the heart, Father, that it's given uh, not just from obedience, but out of love, Father, that, that this is just a small token of what we can give back to you, Father, for, for you giving us life, Father, for you giving us life abundant, Father, for you giving us eternal life someday to be in the kingdom of heaven with you, Father. And, Father, I just ask that you bless uh, what, we, what we give here today, Father, that, that you use it to, to bless um, others as well, Father. And all these things we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. almost there we're almost there we're almost there at go time um you know i can remember being in church and thinking the lord we sure do do a lot of praying right it's like dang you got to pray all the time but really that's what we do i mean that's how we battle um you know back in the old days i battled different ways but god's way is 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 prayer um you know you you need something you pray about it you you ask for something, you want something, you pray for it. Uh, you have issues, you pray for them. When you're talking to God, just communicating and hanging out with God, what are you doing? You're praying to Him. So prayer is very important. I think it's something that is uh, the devil has tried to undermine. I think it's something that the, the, the devil's tried to get in the way of, and, and I think it has hindered uh, the church. I think it's hindered the body of Christ. I think it's hindered... Uh, a lot of folks from getting the healing that they need and that, that God wants to give you. Uh, thank God, you know, uh, he didn't just go off of what I said or what I asked or what I prayed about. He knew what I needed even when I didn't know what I needed. But this morning we're going to come together in, in one mind and one spirit. This is the Bible instructs us and the Bible tells us to do because we have prayer requests this morning. Um, we've got Brent's sisters, we've got Mary Ruth, we've got Brenda Leathers, Elvis, uh, Miss Pat. Everybody has got some healing that needs to be going on, right? And here's the thing is, as the body of Christ and as a congregation, we don't all have to know the particulars about it. We don't even actually have to say it aloud. Now, God likes us to come forward, and he likes us to come boldly to his throne with these requests. But the beauty of it also is that all we have to do is be in agreement, right? Now, who would not be in agreement with somebody getting healed, right? Who would not be in agreement with a need being met, no matter what it is? I've got lots of things that I have not shared with folks in past years that God has, has, has dealt with. Some of them I was ashamed, some of them I was embarrassed, which is why I didn't. Uh, some of them I thought, well, you know, why do I want to come to the altar, you know, with my request? Because it's so small. God doesn't care. God wants to work in our lives. 
He wants to come together. He wants us to be yelling it from the rooftops. He wants us going out the doors and telling everybody that, hey, my, my family member is healed. I'm healed. So don't make light of it. Be very serious and be very happy and very eager to come together as a congregation. So those names I just mentioned, I want everybody to, to pray in one accord. You know, you can pray aloud, you can scream it from the rooftop, or you can sit there and pray internally. But we're going to stand here together in agreement, right? We're all in agreement. Say, so be it. Amen. 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 All right. Well, all right, we're going to pray over these needs. Father, we know we have these needs here this morning, Father. We know that there's always needs, Father. And, Father, we just ask that, that you touch each one, Father, that that your hand is on them right now, that, that the anointing is on us, Father, that your spirit is on us, leading us uh, right now, Father, as we bind together, as our, as our souls and our minds and our hearts come together in one accord, Father, that we can be just like an axe, Father, that that, that rushing wind is coming through, Father, that that, that, that stirring in us, Father, is, is touching right now, Father, the, the ones that are, that are even here, Father, the ones that are not here, that, that there is healing going on, Father, and it's all going on so that your name would be glorified, Father, in everything that we do, Father. That we remember that, that, that you healing and you touching us and you working in our lives, Father, is just the truth that's in the Bible, Father, that, that it's all for the glory of you, Father. It's all, always been for the glory of you, Father. And we come before you right now, Father, and we, 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 we come together, we stand together, and we come boldly, Father, to receive the truth that the Word says, Father, that, that if all things are, are for your good, Father, that, that all things are to glorify you, Father. And we come in agreement this morning, and together we, we just thank Jesus, Father, that, that he's come into our lives, Father, that, that his hand is working now, Father, that, that he give all, Father, that we could have all, Father, that we can be victorious this morning. And all these things we ask in Jesus' holy and precious name. Together we said amen and amen. Now the main event. Oh, yeah, forgot. Good morning. Hope everybody's having a great day today. Uh, it's good to be in God's house this morning. I love my church. Pastor, we love you. We really do. Um, Mark's done a great job since he's took over, Pastor, and uh, I hope each and every one of you appreciate him for what he does. You know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be real with y'all this morning. Can I be honest with y'all? You know, I've I've went through some things, and you know, some of it is even verifying what I'm doing today. But just when we were doing praise and worship, I was having a small panic attack. You know what? I can have them, but I'm still getting up here because I'm going to do God's will. I'm not going to lose to Satan. I may fall out on this stage, but my next step's going to be in heaven because I'm doing His will. You know, he's called me for a purpose. 
He has molded me and He's shaped me into the stone He needs to put in place where I need to be. And if you will, this morning, turn to the book of Matthew with me. We're going to be in chapter 16, verses 13 through 18. You know, last Sunday morning, or maybe Sunday morning before that, Brother Carroll had gotten up here, David Carroll, and he, uh, we had just seen, or was about to sing, Honey in the Honey in the Rock. And he was talking about the Honey in the Rock. And this morning, when we were taking the offering, they were playing Honey in the Rock. And those two weeks ago, I had done a study before I got here on rocks and stones. And I'm thinking, well, boy, what a coincidence. You know, that's just the way God does it. It's not coincidence. When things like that happen, God has made them, He has ordained the things to happen in that order. You know, and I had done a study on that, and then Brother Carroll talked about it, and then we sang about it, and it was just really good. But um, Matthew verses, or chapter 16, 13 through 18. It says, when Jesus came into the region of Caesarea, Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Who do men say that I am? Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? So they said, Some say John the Baptist, some Elijah, and others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. He said to them, But who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered and said, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I, all, I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. So, you know, I got to looking at that, and this is where Jesus named Simon Peter. I was like, okay, now why, what does this, what does this mean? And he went on to say, this is the rock I will build my church. The rock he's talking about he will build his church on is the fact that, um, that, that Peter had just said, you are Christ, son of the living God. That's the rock he's talking about. Jesus is the rock. God is the rock. The plan of salvation and eternal life, that is the foundation, the rock foundation that, that everything is built on. So why did he call him Peter? And it, it's got um, wording down here at the bottom of my Bible that says the word Peter is Petros in Greek, meaning stone. The word are nearly synonyms. Jesus intended a distinction. Peter is but a fragment of the whole, while Christ himself is the entire rock. Thus it could be said that the church would be built on Christ, the rock. But that as it may, at least it can be said, that the context allows that the rock upon which the church is built is Peter's confession that Jesus is Son of God. So in Greek language, Peter is Petros, which means stone. Okay? Rock in Greek is Petra. 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 So we got Petros and Petra. One is stone, one is rock. There's a distinction there. Okay, if you'll look up, there's a definition of stone that says hard, solid, metallic mineral matter, which rock is made of. So a rock formation 
is made by stones. So if God is a rock, He's trying to shape us all into the stones that make Him up. We have got to build up the kingdom of God. It's our job to witness to others, to be that stone He's shaping us into, to build that rock foundation. That's our job. You know, it says, um, Peter being a fragment of the rock, which is Christ's foundation for His church. You know, you can while you're reading these verses, you can tell that Jesus was kind of in awe and, and just stunned and happy all at the same time. But Peter knew who he was. Peter knew who Christ was. He was the Son of the living God. And he was even more impressed that, that nothing he had been shown showed him that, but it was coming from the Father. Another definition of stone A piece of rock worked into a specific size and shape for a particular purpose. There you go. You know, a stone, back in those days, most of all your buildings, everything they'd done was done with stone. You know, they didn't have a sawmill and a lumber yard to go buy and build a house. A lot of the things they were building was with stone. So each stone, just like each one of us, has a purpose. We all have a purpose in life a calling in life, a meaning, what we're here for. We are all here for a reason. And we've got to use God and, and allow God to shape us, mold us, size us the way we need to be to fit in where we need to be. You know, we can't build these great walls if we're not where God wants us to be. We've got to be willing to be shaped and molded by Him and put where we belong. You know, just like a stone, we all have specific purpose or reason for being, Right? Just like those stones. You know, you can't put a round stone where you need a square one. You know, we have that problem in life a lot. Well, God, I don't want to be this that you're calling me to be. I would rather be this. You know, God, I don't want to preach this morning. I'm having bad anxiety. I'm having panic attacks. I can't be up here on the stage, so I'm not going to do what you called me to do today. No, I'm a stone. I've got to be shaped and molded by Him so I can go where I belong and fit in where He needs me to be to fulfill His will. And that's where we all have got to be in life. You know, I'm sure all of y'all know we're in the South. I'm sure we've all skipped rocks before, right? So what do you do when you're skipping rocks? You go to the creek bank, lake, whatever, and you're looking for a specific size, shape, smoothness of a stone, right? That's what you do. Because the smoother it is, you can rear back and see how many times you can skip it. You probably all had skipping wars with your buddies if you're boys, maybe girls too, I don't know. Who can skip the rock the most? Well, you're still looking for that perfect stone. You're searching through all the rocks and stones there. You're trying to find the perfect one for the purpose you intended, right? You don't skip a round stone. If God doesn't want us to be that, He's going to make us this. If He don't want us to be this, He's going to make us into that. Because what God's got to do, He wants to perfect you for His purpose and will. Just like you want to find that smooth stone to skip across the water, God may want me to be calm, loving demeanor, someone who listens well. Well, he may be Pat. He may want Pat to be one a guy that's loud and 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 can can put his will upon others and and talk to them and tell them what they're doing wrong and where they need to get better. That may not be what he needs from me. That might not be his will for me in my life, but it may be his. 
Smooth stone, rough stone. Right? <laughs> no offense, Pat. <laughs> I'm just a softy. I'm sorry. All right, building a rock structure. And I'm sure you've all seen pictures. And this is kind of, we've already kind of talked about this, but each rock, it takes each stone for each layer of rock in whatever design you have. Okay? Again, you can't put a round stone where a square stone is needed. But the only way we're going to build up the kingdom of heaven, the only way we're going to do God's will, is to quit fighting where He wants us to be and go where He's asked us and already told us to be. A lot of times we'll sit and we'll fight and we'll fight and we'll fight against it. Just do what God's calling you to do. If you will, turn with me now to Luke 19, verses 37 through 40. I'm sorry if my voice is shaking because every other thing of me is. Then as he was now drawing near to the descent of the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of the disciples began to rejoice and praise God with a loud voice for all the mighty works they had seen, saying, Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. And some of the Pharisees called to him from the crowd, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. But he answered and said to them, I tell you that if these things, if these should keep silent, these stones would immediately cry out. Okay, that's, that's a big statement right there, right? The stones themselves would cry out. Do you believe that this morning, church? Do we believe the Word of God? Do you think that if you didn't serve God and none of us served God and none of us glorified Him and tried to fulfill His will... Do you really believe the stones would cry out? It's the Word of God. If we don't believe some of it, we don't believe any of it. We can't pick and choose what we want to believe, what's right, what's wrong. If it's in this book, it's right. It can happen. It will happen. It has happened. This is the Word of God. You know, Jesus was saying to the Pharisees in this, what He was telling them when He said this is, look, With or without you, Pharisees, with or without these disciples, my will will be done. I don't need any of you to fulfill my will. I'll make the stones cry out in your name. I don't need any of you. I'm more powerful and I can do all things. I don't have to have you. I choose you. But if you don't want to do what you're told, I'll make the stones cry out for you. You know, it's time that we allow God to fulfill His will in our lives and quit fighting Him. Let's quit fighting God. You know how long I fought God to get up here on this stage and preach? I preached for a couple months. I disappeared for a couple years. I preached for a couple more months. I disappeared for a couple years. And I disappeared for a bunch of years. Brother Carroll knows my address very well, and he wouldn't quit coming to my house. <laughs> You know what, though? Thank God for men like him. 
It's hard to find guys like that today that are willing to go to your house each and every week, month, whatever it takes to get you where you need to be because they care about your eternity. It's hard to find that now. But we have got to fulfill the will of God and do what He's called us to do. Do we really want stones crying out in our name? Do we really want God saying, look, here's the deal, okay? If you don't want to do what I've called you to do, I'll find somebody else to do it. Do we want that in our lives? Do we want to know the will of God and not do it and Him have to use someone else in our place? That's not something I want in life. That's something that's happened a lot of times in my life because I didn't do what I was told to do by God. I wasn't obedient. Someone else stepped in somewhere because He's going to use somebody and they done it. And again, had they not done it, stones could have cried out for me. So there's no more excuses. We, we can't let God use someone else to do our jobs. All right, let's talk some more about stones. 1 Samuel 17, 40 and 49. Not through, but and. You know, if you get to researching and studying rocks and stones, man, it can take you to a bunch of places throughout the Bible. But this is a story we all know well. It's talking about David. It's when he's it's, it's, it's leading up to him taking down the giant Goliath. Then he took his staff in hand and he chose for himself five smooth stones from the brook and put them in the shepherd's bag in a pouch which he had. And his sling was in his hand and he drew near to the Philistine. So the Philistine came and began drawing near to David. And the man who bore the shield went before him and when the Philistine looked about and saw David, he disdained him, for he was only a youth, ruddy and good-looking. Okay, again, David takes his staff, he goes down. What is he looking for? He's looking for five perfect stones to slay this giant. He done said, I don't want this armor, I don't want the sword, it don't fit me anyway, I can't even walk in it. So I'm going to go do this my way. Better yet, I'm going to go do this God's way. He's looking for five perfect stones. You know, David was looking for five perfect stones, but he knew God was going to be his rock through this. He didn't need the five stones. God was going to be his rock. He could have went that day empty-handed to the giant, and somehow he still would have defeated him because God had already ordained it. Then David put his hand in his bag, took out a stone, and he slung it and struck the Philistine in his forehead so that the stone sank into his forehead and he fell on his face to the earth. Let me ask you this. When he reached down in that bag, did it say he shuffled around took all the stones out? He picked five stones. He knew God was going to be his rock, his victory over this giant. He just reached and grabbed a rock. You know why? He knew it didn't matter which one he grabbed. That God was fixing to do a mighty work. I would like to research this more. I haven't got to it yet. 
why he actually picked five stones. Because I believe when he reached in that bag, he knew it was only going to take one. You know, as I'm reading this, and I'm thinking about little David, going to this, this big giant and slaying him with a rock, I'm thinking, man, how awesome is that? This guy had zero fear when he went in there. How, how great would it be to have zero fear? I had fear walking up here on this stage today. And there's not a nine-foot giant with a sword trying to kill me when I come up here. How many things do we fear in life that are this big? And we got little David going with just some rocks, stones, to slay this nine-foot, eight-foot, nine-foot giant with armor and a sword. But I went back and read, and I didn't. this is not wrote down, Cole, but it says verses 33 through... Uh, 37. And Saul said to David, You're not able to go against this Philistine to fight with him, for you are a youth, and he a man of war from, from his youth. But David said to Saul, Your servant used to, used to keep his father's sheep. And when a lion and a bear came and took the lamb out of the flock, I went out after it, and I struck it, and delivered the lamb from, the, from its mouth. And when it arose against me, I caught it by its beard and struck it and killed it. Your servant has killed both lion and bear, and this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them, seeing he has defied the armies of a living God. Moreover, David said, the Lord, who delivered me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear, he will deliver me from the hand of the Philistine. Look, David already been through some stuff, right? He'd already experienced some things in life. So, he'd already had to, t he's taken on a lion, he's taken on a bear, because it was his job to protect the sheep. He was a shepherd. It was his job to tend to the sheep, protect them. And whatever it took, he's went against a lion, he's went against a bear, he's destroyed whatever he had to destroy in the name of God, in the name of Jesus, to fulfill his duties. So now a little a question for you. Why did David go through these things? Why did he have to go through these things? Well, the answer for that is God was preparing him for the giant Goliath. He knew that one day this experience he got from, from having to go after this lion, from having to go after the bear, would kill his fear and make him confident and, and put his faith in him and his eyes on him that he knows he can conquer anything now. Things that happened prior to this prepared him for what he was about to battle. Satan is going to try us and he has to have God's permission to do so. Do you all understand that? Did you know that? Satan is going to try us and tempt us, and he has to go to God himself to get permission to do so. If you'll look in Matthew chapter 4 and verse 1, I'm going to show you a little bit about this. It says, Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. Who does that verse say led Jesus? To the devil. The Spirit led Jesus to the devil. 
the Spirit willingly took Jesus, led him to Satan to be tempted and tried. Okay, then in Job, chapter 1, verses 9 through 12. It says, So Satan answered the Lord and said, Does Job fear God for nothing? Have you not made a hedge around him, around his household, and around all that he, was, he has on every side? You have blessed the works of his hand, and the possessions has increased in the land. But now stretch out your hand and touch all that he has, and he will surely curse you to your face. And the Lord said to Satan, Behold all that he has in your power. Only do not lay a hand on his person. So Satan went out from the presence of the Lord. Satan came to God to get permission to get on Job. He, he was telling him, I can make him curse you. I can make him turn his back on you. But he had to have that permission from God to do so. And chapter 2 and verse 6, and you can start reading a little bit before that if you want to, God gives permission again to Satan. Only this time he gives permission. You can touch his body, but you're going to spare his life. You see, God only lets Satan go so far. And why does this happen? Same thing for in David's situation, in Job's situation. Guess what? The joke's on Satan. Because by Job and by David going through what they went through, from, from Satan putting those through those trials and temptations, from, from God allowing Satan to come into their lives and do these things to them, He prepared them to put their eyes on Him, have faith in Him, and now they can conquer anything. Satan was trying to destroy them, but all he did was build them up. And this made me think, I don't know if you've ever seen a sheep's housing back then, but they would find a rock wall, or sometimes they'd make their own wall, and they'd build them out of rocks. They'd leave one opening about this wide. The shepherd would sit there in that opening. That's the only way in and out. You know, that's us today. God's got all His sheep inside this wall. He's protecting you. Now, He's sitting at the door. He can decide when He's going to let the enemy in. He's going to decide when the enemy goes back out. But He's looking for us to keep our eyes on Him, have faith in Him, and conquer anything that Satan puts in our way. See, He's got to build us up because we've got to come from somewhere. Think about who do you want in your front line? Somebody that's never been in a fight or someone who's been in three wars. I want the guy that's been through three wars on my front line because he's been there. He has experience. That's what God's doing for you when he puts you through the trials and temptations in life. When you're going through things, and some of you may be now, you're going through things that you don't think there's a possibility, any way that God's going to pull you through it. You don't think there's no way that God's going to get victory out of this. You think the best thing to do is just hunker down and die because there's no way to move forward. God is preparing you for the battle. He's giving you battle scars and He's putting you through wars so you can stand on the front line, you can fight for Him, and you can lead people to Christ. That's what God's doing in your life. You know, I've battled this. I talked to you about this before I started preaching today. And 
look, I know where you're coming from. I've had this battle since January of this year. And I'm talking about a battle. It's a war. And every time I go through it, I'm thinking, God, why are you doing this to me? You've called me to preach. I can't put 100% of my focus on you when I'm going through the things I'm going through. If you want to use me, then why do I feel like I keep getting beat down where I can't be used? Why do I feel like every night I just want to lay there and sometimes I think I'd be better off if I would just die because I wouldn't have to deal with this no more. And then God said, I'm doing this because I need you. I need you to be strong. I need you to go through wars because somebody someday is going to need you. You know, and he'll do things like Josh there. He put him in my path. God put him in my path. He's experienced the same things I've experienced. Motion for motion. Feeling for feeling. Word for word. He can tell you before I even finish my sentence how I feel because he's been there. God put us in that war because we were going to need each other one day. God's putting me through that war now because someday somebody's going to need me to get them through the hard times. And I want to complain and gripe about it. Sure, I'm a human being. I want to do those things. But God's got to use me and I've got to be willing. I need to be saying, thank you, God, for putting this on me. Thank you for putting me through these trials and these troubles I'm going through because I'm going to be so much stronger one day. And God, if this is what takes me out of this world, I'm going to come and I'm going to live with you because you're my Father. What's the four reasons God lets us go through these things? The four reasons. He wants to strengthen our prayer lives. He allows us to go through these things because it teaches us the importance of prayers without ceasing, expecting results. It's one thing to pray. It's another thing to pray, expecting God to answer. So many times we throw out these void prayers. We just pray it. Two seconds later, we can't even tell you what we just prayed. I don't even know what I prayed because why? It's a routine. I do it every day. It don't mean nothing to me anymore. But when I pray without ceasing, I expect results out of what I pray. Then God's going to answer me. Then God's going to know who I am. This is, this is my son. This is my child. I want to fulfill His prayer today. Two, it gives us a testimony to help others who are going through similar situations. Just like I just talked about with Josh. He went through what he went through because one day he needed to help me. I'm going through what I'm going through because one day I need to help somebody else. I've got a testimony now. I've got places I've been that I didn't want to have to be in, but now I've come through it. I have a testimony. Three, It builds our faith. God needs to teach us, if we keep our eyes on Him, we will come out victorious. What did David do? His eyes were on God. He didn't need the five stones. His eyes were on God. He didn't need a gun. He didn't have a gun back then. He didn't need a gun for the lion. He didn't need a gun for the bear. He had his eyes on God. He had faith. God was going to get him through the bear, through the lion. And then he had faith because of that, because of what he went through, now he's got faith that he can kill this giant. Four, he wants to strengthen you as a Christian. You know, I think it was Tisha that just shared something on Facebook the other day, and she has no idea what this done for me. But I read it and I was just like, wow. My goodness. That is... It said when God opens this next door... 
you're going to see exactly why the enemy fought you so hard. When God opens this next door, you're going to see why the enemy fought you so hard. Now, you still got two choices. You can not open that door and stay right where you're at. Be content with where you're at in life. Be content with where God's got you. Not make a difference. Or you can get through that next door. You can open it and you can go through it. And then you can see why the enemy fought you so hard. Because there's victory in Jesus. That's why He's fighting you so hard today, church. Each and every one of you that's going through trials and tribulations, uh, deaths in your family, sickness. That's why He's fighting you so hard right now. That's why Satan is fighting you so hard right now. It's because he knows that there's a big thing right through that door. And he's trying his best to keep you from opening. Every single minute, every single day, he's trying to keep you from opening that door because he knows the power of God and he knows what God can do in each and every one of you. And by doing this, what God is doing, he's shaping his stones. Now, if you're not saved this morning, you know, shaping a stone, you just may be a round formation right now. You might not be a smooth stone, a round stone, a square stone. You know, we're metaphorically speaking here. But God can't shape you until you ask Him to come into your life. If you're not a saved child of God, He can't even begin to shape you. He doesn't know you until you ask Him to come into your heart. That's when He can begin to do things in your life. If you're a saved child of God this morning, if you're fighting what He's asking you to do, you're fighting against God's will, you're fighting against the things that's, that you know is right in your life, but you're just scared to do them, He's trying to shape you this morning. He's trying to shape you to where He needs you, to fit in where He needs you to fit in. He's trying to get you to do the things He's called you to do. And the only way you can do it is by coming to this altar giving your life to Him and saying, here I am. Your will be done. Whatever that means in my life, whether it's good, whether it's bad in my life, your will be done. I'm going to ask Cole to get a song. Let's change our lives this morning. Don't come. Don't leave the same way you came in this morning. Let God shape you into what He needs you to be this morning.